we're like as long as I'm staying happy healthy and like active and like doing my thing like it's gonna be a good year Hey, I'm Caroline, and you're listening to In Her Nature, the podcast and community where you can learn from others' experiences to make your next adventure more approachable. Kat, thank you so much for jumping on this Christmas holiday New Year's edition of In Her Nature pod. Um, Before we kind of get into it, can you do a quick intro for us, like what you do for the podcast, where home is, all the good things? Totally. Um, Hi, my name is Catherine, or Kat Beard. Um, I'm originally from Chicago, but I'm currently a senior studying film and media studies, Spanish and journalism at Colorado College in Colorado Springs. And Kat has done a lot of our amazing social media stuff. I mean, she's helped with a lot, but yeah, we just kind of like jumped on board all of a sudden. We kind of just clicked and then we've been moving and grooving. So all of our fun social media stuff is thanks to Kat. So that's like her other claim to fame. (laughs) It's been so much fun working with Caroline, just putting out content and getting to know even like the people we get to interview. Well, you interview, but then I take and listen through a hundred times to get the sound well, <laughs> Yeah, don't pump my tires because I feel like, yeah, no, we really appreciate it over here. Well, okay, today's vibe is like holiday episode. So end of year, um, we were just talking before we started recording, like it doesn't need to be that deep. I want this to be silly and fun. I feel like there's a lot of like weird emotions and energy that comes with the end of the year that's like kind of intense. And I, I mean, I'm for it, but I'm also, I think there's a space to be like goofy and fun and like just recap our year. The point of this episode is to kind of recap some of our old content that we went through this year highlights. Um, So yeah, it doesn't need to be that deep. So it's all good. Before, or I guess while we get into it, Kat, do you want to talk about some fun things? Like what kind of feelings are you feeling right now as the year wraps up? I am feeling super grateful as the year wraps up. I've had such an amazing year. I'm also feeling like kind of nervous to enter into 2024. Obviously, I just said that I'm a college senior. So I'm graduating and like going on to like adult life, whatever that means, which is so exciting, but also like super scary. Um, But yeah, super grateful, a little nervous and also super excited for many more adventures in the new year to come. Ooh, that's a fun place to be. Like, you know, there's a big change coming, but also it's exciting. Yeah. I'm trying to go with the flow the best that I can. Easier it's so hard, done, but it's, it's, it's grooving. It's flowing. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to someone about that today, how it's like, you do really need to like, let go of some things, but you just don't want to. It's like, I don't want to let go. I want to control it. But no, we're letting go. That's the vibe. We're letting go. We're letting go and we're letting opportunities kind of flow. <laughs> yeah come to us with open hands I love that yeah um I want to talk about things we're leaving behind if you want an example I'm trying to think of some of them for me things I'm leaving behind not eating lunch sometimes when I'm really busy I don't eat lunch and I know that sounds very minimal and trivial but it turns me into an insane person when I don't eat so I'm leaving that behind I am like saying no to things I'm like no I'm eating it's about that the hanger is real um, I totally relate to you. I actually just came home and I was like, shit, I haven't eaten lunch. <laughs> so I will be doing that post-combo. Let's think big picture. What things have been big for you this year? I feel like I had a really like awesome, strong start to the year. I spent over half of my year studying, traveling, goofing around um, in South America, which was so amazing. And I really started out the year like trekking backpacking like taking things super seriously and then like moved to a city (laughs) and then like got outside when I could um 
And, you know, I was super fortunate to be able to travel all around South America while I was living um, based in Chile. And so like having that time, both like city and then off on the weekends going, doing crazy things like hiking volcanoes, um, like, you know, soaking in hot springs, like in the mountains at the foot of volcanoes, whatnot, like going surfing on the coast skiing in the summer which was like a huge goal for me was to like get to ski on my birthday because that can never really happen here when's your birthday it's it's in july oh my gosh that's the second person today that said they got to do that this year to me and they're the other person i was talking to their birthday's in august so that's insane energy it was like so amazing so i started out the year like super strong and then just getting to come back to colorado and like see all my party people, see all my people at school and like reconnect with people has been so fun and have many, like I've had so many more adventures this fall um, and winter, backpacking, hiking, skiing, snowboarding, the works. So just like so many good times, so many good laughs, so many mishaps that, you know, you look back on and it's just been such a great year and I'm so thankful for it. I love that too that you were like well I spent half of it like doing this crazy thing and now I'm like back in a city which is a weird change but sometimes really fun to have that difference. Totally I feel like I grew up in a city so then going back to like my city roots like taking the train to class and like having a metropolitan at my fingers I was like oh my gosh like it's been a while because living out in Colorado Springs like you don't really get that as much. Yeah, and home for you, Kat, right now is in Colorado Springs, and you're from the Midwest, so that's how we bonded, like, originally, was we were like, whoa, we're both from Great Lakes area, which is so cool. So cool, and I feel like so underrated. Like, let's just start there. Let's let's talk about it. Okay, this is what I am going to stand out, is that the Midwest is very underrated. Kat and I bonded about this, like, instantly, and I will get up on my soapbox and say, yeah, like, it is so underrated, and just the people are so cool. So I would really, if you haven't been to the Midwest or you're like planning trips for next year, go to the upper Midwest in the summer, man. It is unreal. Do it. (laughs) Or go in the winter and it's super snowy and fun too. Like it's so fun. Totally. Amazing. Um, I'm trying to think of things that have stand out or stood out to me. I'm not great about talking about myself is what I'm realizing. Like I love interviewing other people, but I don't (laughs) <laughs> that's yeah. what you behind in 2024 yeah you're right you're so right um moments that stood out to me I think I didn't even prep anything for this but I was saying this to someone earlier today I just finished my semester um of my first semester of my third year of dental school so this is like my ninth Christmas season studying for finals and I am so over it like beyond over it and so I realize like this will be my last Christmas season where I have to like grind and study for finals. So that's pretty exciting. And it's really cool to like actually start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I know. So um, I feel like for a long time, I just have been trucking through everything. And so finally I get some like, okay, there's going to be a a reprieve next year. Like next year I won't have to do this in this way. So I'm excited to leave that behind. Um, And then similar to your vibe, I feel like I tried a lot of new things this year, which are good, but also like low-key really stressful. So I feel like like I started clinic work for the first time, like seeing patients full-time. That was like crazy stress level for me. I did my first like big triathlon Ironman situation. That was like a lot. 
Yeah. So I feel like I was looking back, I'm like, wow, a lot of firsts. And so I started the podcast. That was a big first. So I'm like excited to move on from the first things. And I know that there's a time and space for them, but that's my big thing, I think. I think that's a step in the right direction. I mean, like you've you started all these things and now they're like coming to fruition in a good way. Like you can leave it at that. Yeah. You don't always so be starting new things. Like I love that. Me, like, hello. <laughs> like I'm like the last person who should be saying that, but it is true. Yeah. I love that so much. Okay. So looking into the new year, what are our emotions about coming into 2024? I feel like I'm super stoked for 2024. I feel like I have a lot of like, I don't want to say goals per se, but like things that are happening in my life that I'm super excited for slash like still planning and like working on. Um, yeah, I'm super stoked because like I'm running my first marathon in May. Like that's going to be crazy. I'm so excited. Um, I'm planning on like doing a backpacking trip this summer. Like that's so crazy. I'm so excited. I'm graduating from college. That's a huge step. So we were talking about 2024 and our emotions. And one thing I loved that you said was like, we're just excited. It, it doesn't need to be more than that. We're just excited. You have so many fun new things coming up. That is so exciting. Are you like a New Year's resolution person or are you more of like big picture loose vibes? I feel like I'm big picture loose vibes. Where like as long as I'm staying happy, healthy and like active and like doing my thing, like it's going to be a good year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think there's a big thing in like prioritizing what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Like Figure out the things that you want to spend your time in. Figure out the things you want to say no to-ish. Yeah. And then go throughout your year and, like, check in. I don't know. I, I Sometimes I really struggle with, like, putting too many goals on things. And then it's, like, too stressful. Yeah. I also think just, like, keeping an open mind or, like, leaving my door open to, like, the opportunities that are going to come my way. I feel like sometimes when I talk, I sound, like, really Colorado, like, hippy-dippy now. But it's, like, so true because, like – I don't know. I definitely find myself at times like being super closed off and like needing that time and space. And that's totally fine. But like leaving that door open for the year to like see what could come my way. So let's talk about is there anything, Kat, that you're like things you want to do this coming year or things that you are excited that you did this year? I'm excited that I tried so many new things and like let so much in. It brought me like so many good people, so many good memories. And I'm like super thankful for all of it um I love that like I I cannot like thank the people in my life enough for the year that it's been and as for things I'm looking forward to um I'm looking forward to like continuing to try new things but also like building on the things that I've been trying this year so like I'm trying to think of like a concrete example I can give you because speaking of arbitraries is like meh. um like for yeah, example okay. I started climbing at least once a week usually um, and like, I hadn't done that before and it was kind of like an intimidating space for me, but like, I gave it a try and like always go with like one of my really close friends, Sky, And like, that has been one of my like weekly favorites that I want to continue in the new year. Love it. Love yeah. It. That's been like my main, like trying something new, like just got the climbing shoes and was like, I like, I have to use them now. I have to go. Um, yeah. Also just like good days out in the mountains. Also like disconnecting is something I want to like, not disconnecting. That's not quite the word, but like taking the time and space that I need while, uh, how do I want to say this? Hold on. Sorry. I'm like formulate. It's like a half-baked thought that's trying to come out. Um, 
I guess also in the new year, just like bringing in, like taking space for myself, especially like on those like backpacking trips where like, or your day trips out in the mountains or whatever it is, like car camping, whatever your vibe is, like just taking that time and like, I don't know, like being present in those moments. Cause I feel like as someone who's super chaotic and like has a lot going on at all times, like those are my moments where like I can find my peace and like clarity or at least like step away from whatever I'm like dealing with at that moment in a really positive way. Yeah. You can always get like, you almost get like perspective on what's going on when you're able to step back. That's really helpful. Totally. So like just continuing to have those like good moments and like good laughs out there too. Like it's not always that, it's not always that serious. Like how many times have I had like good laughs uh, like on trips like that? Like, all the time so just like continuing to make those like awesome memories yeah I love that and I I have a similar vein to you is like I just want to actually make space for things that are silly and goofy and unstructured and fun I feel like as I get older things are getting like so structured and like I'm I'm just like running off this tight calendar and I'm like always trying to get stuff done and especially right now with the holiday season I feel like I'm just like sprinting around trying to get things done as fast as I can. And the only one that's making that happen is me. I can say no to that. And I love, I want to try to like take a step back and prioritize like fun and the people that like really make life important to me. So like my partner, my girlfriends, my family, and I know everyone says that, but like actually saying no to like work functions or actually saying no to like things that aren't serving me. And I know I really struggle with like, well, I really should be doing this, but I could just go, I could go for a while. Like today before our call, I was like, well, I could work on, you know, like my new semester schedule. And I'm like, why don't I just like go for a walk? <laughs> like, it's fine. It's not, yeah. So like being more, like, yeah. And just being more like the words escaping me because my brain's tired because of the holiday season, yeah. but just being more intentional about like, it's like being silly and playing and these things are like important and they're not just, they seem minimal, but they're very important. I think. Agreed. I love that. Okay. Well, the rest of the episode is going to be like little tidbits from our interviews throughout the year that I think are really big highlights and things that I think are worth listening to. Kat, thank you so much for telling us about your year and helping us work through this upcoming year. Well, thanks for having me. I'm so honored. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah, and that's really part of the reason I chose to get involved is because I've always been, you know, I've been an outdoors person ever since I was pretty young and I grew up in that space. But I also recognize that there's a lot of people who don't have those opportunities and um, being present and having that representation sometimes can inspire other people to try something difficult. Absolutely. And I love that comment because I, when I found women who FKT, I didn't even know it was a thing. And I already felt like I had support and inspiration from a whole new group of people that I'd never seen really represented in the limelight with FKTs. So I love that. Um, Do you want to speak a little bit on like what women who FKT, like what is it, what kind of inspired the movement and where you guys are at now? Yeah. So women who FKT is really kind of a grassroots organization that was started, um, I would say late 2021. Um, And what inspired it is uh, there were five uh, founding members of Women Who FKT. So Marta Fisher, who is our, I don't know, our lead instigators, we sometimes call her. And then um, 
her coach, uh, Daniel Snyder, and myself, and uh, Dana Katz, and who's also a coach here in Portland, and then uh, Terry Smith, who is like our, I would say like our website wizard. And so uh, out of like the three, I guess out of the five founders, three of us are running coaches. And then Marta, who is kind of our instigator, and Terry, who is a master at all the communications. And uh, it started because Marta ran Hard Rock 100 in um, in 2021. And, you know, for those who are not familiar with, you know, the trail running space, Hard Rock 100 is like this amazing, challenging, extremely hard to get into 100-mile trail race through uh the Colorado Rockies. It's kind of a loop between like Silverton and Ure and Telluride back to Silverton. And for anybody who wants to run that, I mean, it is one of those things that is like years of training and dedication towards that one single goal. So when Marta ran Hard Rock, I think it was like seven or eight years of like training and running races and then getting into the lottery and then two years of cancellations before she finally got to run. So, I mean, that's a huge goal. And to put that time, that amount of time in your life towards achieving that goal is pretty big. But I mean, I think anybody who has ever been in a competitive space, has ever run any sort of like, you know, even a road marathon or something like that. It's like you work towards this big goal and then you accomplish it. And then it's kind of like this kind of like post event depression, kind of like now what? And I think anybody who's like hiked a long trail or anything like that can, can identify with that as well. And so in this whole entire like, um, now what, um, she started digging in the FKTs and realized, oh, this is a really cool route. I want to run this one and it doesn't have a women's time. Oh, this is a really cool route too. And this one doesn't have women's time. So the next thing she knew, she knew she had this huge list of F fastest known time routes here in the Pacific Northwest that all sounded really awesome. And she also realized there was no way that she could do them all by herself. And so, she kind of posted on her Instagram kind of like, hey, I have this crazy idea type of thing. And I'm just like, I'm in because I had gone to Hard Rock as one of her pacers, which was an amazing experience. And um, and then she had reached out to Danielle as her coach who said, I have this idea. And so it just kind of grew from there. And then we bought in uh, Danielle and then Terry and decided to figure out like, what was this going to look like? What were our goals going to be? Um, and then what were you, what were you even going to call this thing? Right. And so it just kind of grew from there and oh, it that. took off much faster than we ever thought it would. Oh, that is so cool. I didn't totally understand that it spurred from hard rock. I have a really close friend who's running it this year and I've been talking to her a little bit about it and her prep for hard rock. And it is, I mean, it's like a gem of trail running. It's like a lifetime achievement and it's not something many people get to say they do. And that kind of post race letdown is so huge and something I've really wanted to talk about on this podcast. Cause it's, I think a very normal thing that we need to like make a little bit more normal and maybe mm -hmm. prep for on the back end. And I think using FKTs, like you said, you don't have to register for them technically like pay for them through a race mm -hmm. and they vary in size and challenge and everything. So they might be a good bridge to kind of slow down that post-race. I'm hesitant to call it depression, but definitely like a letdown. So I, that is so yeah. interesting to me. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's how it kind of got started. And um, it's been, it's been a fun ride.
That's so cool. Can you tell us a little bit about the success you guys had in the first like year or so and kind of how you, you grew the organization? Cause I feel like that's really unique. Yeah. So initially we set, uh, we set some goals early in the year. Um, our first goal was for, uh, to flip, well, we're calling it to flip the statistics. So for more women to run FKTs in the Pacific Northwest, and we say specifically Pacific Northwest, it's like Oregon, Washington, um, last year than the, uh, last year, I guess in 2022 versus 2021, we came close, but we did not hit that goal in that Oregon, Washington region. However, if we go back and look, look at the, the numbers, we did flip the statistics in Washington. So more women ran FKTs than men in Washington last year or set FKTs in Washington than last year. And then in California, interestingly, um, that was also the case. But we did not flip the statistic here in Oregon where we are all from, which is kind of interesting. Um, but we did make a really good try. Uh, the second statistic, the second goal that we hit for ourselves was to um, have, I think it was 50 uh, women attempt um, and complete their, fir their first fastest known time. And that one, we blew out of the water. It was not something we were expecting, but it's like we were racing towards 50 and we're just like, we're going to get past this thing. And then we blow by 50 and we're just like, okay, do we raise our goal? So when we change it to 80 and then we go by that and it's like, do we change our goal again? And so that just, you know, that was really amazing to see all these women who said, oh yeah, I want to try this. And it grew from beyond Oregon and Washington. So we had people letting us know about like their FKTs and like New Hampshire and New York and Colorado and even like England. So it was really cool to kind of see this really kind of great, you know, gain traction and not have just people who are attempting their first fastest known times in Oregon and Washington, really, you know, all over the world. That's so cool. I tried my first one last summer in August actually similar in the sense that I needed a break from racing and I just didn't feel like doing a really, there are too many other stresses in my life. I needed something just to decompress, not to ramp stress back up. So I attempted my first one in August and the route I did ended up being different than the original posted one, which we'll get into, but it was in Northern Wisconsin, <laughs> which is where I'm now. So it's yeah. even stuff like that, where it's like, I have been coming up to this place. So I'm uh, like, kind of by the upper peninsula of Michigan and Wisconsin border. So very close mm -hmm. to Lake Superior. And even in that region of the world, there are so many trails I didn't know about that I found through the FKT website that didn't have women's times. I'm eyeing up one right now that doesn't have a women's time, the Isle Royale Traverse. There's mm -hmm. no women that's ever done that. So that would be a really cool one to do. But the point I'm trying to make is it's, it's mm -hmm. nationwide and it's international too. And if you're traveling somewhere, you can find really cool trail systems that you may never know about. Mm -hmm. And that is really exciting. Cause I mean, when I did the Olympic Peninsula Traverse, that was an area of Washington that I had never explored before. It was somewhere I had wanted to go. And it was like, well, this sounds like a good way to hit, like, you know, to be able to go do something really awesome and go a place that I haven't been before. So that was, um, that was part of the reason behind that. Um, the third 
prior the third goal that I didn't mention was we were looking we had a goal about diverse FKTs so people uh, women from underrepresented groups and that one we did hit but we had a harder we found that we had a harder time tracking that one just because you know we were relying on people to say yes I am from an underrepresented group and I want to tell my story about that and so um, that one was a little bit more difficult for us to track. And so we're still looking at ways that we can um, continue to grow that space. So if any of our listeners are thinking about maybe attempting one, maybe follow Women Who FKT and keep an eye out for your communication about that. That could be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and also recognizing that people in those groups face additional challenges. I mean, when I uh, attempted the Olympic Peninsula fastest known time, I opted not to do that one solo. Um, I did that one um, with another one of our Women Who FKT co-founders, uh, Cherry. And part of the reason for that is because that particular route had several long sections of roadwalk in a very remote part of Washington. And being a person of color, especially in this time, this particular time, and having those long sections roadwalk was a little bit unnerving to me. It's like on trail in the woods, I'm comfortable, but you know, not having that experience to be able to say I'm comfortable with this, I felt like it was a little bit safer to have um, another person with me. Now it's always like hard to do that first thing, right? To try that first thing because that's always a scary thing. And so now I'm looking at kind of like, okay, I've done this. It's not scary anymore. So maybe the next time I go do, a, you know, attempt a long FKT, I go solo because kind of sort of gotten past that scary, scary often is like this like the ability and the chance to embark on this grand adventure and I think some people think you know you're going to go under undergo this like amazing um and explicit transformation of the self and that you're going to have like your own personal odyssey of sorts and that's like really romantic and somewhat true and I'm kind of a romantic person so I'm not bashing anyone like that is that is me that is why I showed up like I was like you know what I'm gonna have my own little odyssey moment and a little the wild you know I don't know if anybody um has seen that movie I didn't see it until after trail by the way I didn't I didn't know I didn't watch it didn't read it um but anyway that's a whole nother thing um but I think there's like like the trail is like in a lot of ways not that different from real life and you don't just show up there and you change and you're new like I would say almost like all of the issues that you would have at home and in, in like real life basically off trail are the same on trail but they're almost <laughs> louder and like more obvious and explicit in in the sense that like like I don't know you have the same issues that you have with like friends like I have friends on trail and I would we would get in fights or have disagreements and I would be frustrated with like people on trail people I was hiking with and like that's the same thing that I have in my own personal life like you're frustrated at your boss or you're upset with your parents and your or your sibling isn't being kind or you're like your your friend hasn't called you back or something like the same things you're going to experience on the trail so the reason that it just is more difficult in a sense is because you're like on the brink of exhaustion and you're also hungry probably so 
um, it becomes a lot more primal. <laughs> but I, 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 there's like things that I just learned how to like move through, I think in a different way. I think I learned a lot about myself, like emotionally, like how to regulate my own like self. Um, I think I learned how to rely on myself and trust myself to a whole different degree. And I, that was something that I really wanted out of the trip. Um, because you're doing really hard things, um, all the time. And like, sometimes a hard thing was quite literally just like walking the next mile. Like you're, it, it's so tiring and, um, you're pushing yourself physically all the time. And then, um, you know, just doing normal things like feeding yourself and I don't know, figure out logistics, just sometimes it becomes harder. So just like trusting myself that I was going to be able to get through it was a massive takeaway that I had from the whole experience. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that's something that happened for me. And I also want to say too, like, I think you kind of alluded to this. This was such a long experience and I kind of liken it to like a study abroad experience for people like it's six months or around six months five to six months you're essentially in a foreign place in the sense that like I'm in the middle of the wilderness something that I never really immersed myself in um in a cultural sense I'm around strangers all the time um there's there's language barriers all over the place as well like that is insane. I just wanted you to kind of go off for a second and like dump everything that you learned. Um, that's in, I like love that. That was just so like, I'm, I'm soaking in it for two seconds. Oh my gosh. Well, it's hard, right? Because that's my problem is I get out West and I get so amped. And on my first two days I ski my brains out. Like I ski so hard. Yeah. And then by my third day, I'm like, dude, I can't even like put I can't even like hold my skis like up on the lift. Like I can't, I need the bar down to rest my legs. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I mean, there's something to say that like, that's going to happen when you're skiing really hard days in a right. row, no matter how hard you've been training. Like that's the fatigue that we were kind of talking about. But if you are consistently training um, before that, you know, the fatigue's going to set in a lot later. You'll be able to go um, maybe a little harder, a little longer when you're skiing, but it's definitely just like, you know, the long game, playing the long game. If you're training for, you know, all year round and kind of adjusting how you're training based on the season that you're in and the sports that you're participating in, I think that's probably the biggest way to help with those kinds of, you know, spikes in activity. Right. So just like having a consistent approach to it, like being consistent yeah. with your training and, and we say that like every episode, we're like, just be consistent, right? But have Much some found. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And like, again, something's better than nothing, but just like start tr strength training and keep with it and yeah, adjust per season. Yeah. Okay. And that was going to be my last question was like, okay, so this is the like classic tale of an outdoor athlete. Whenever you're in one season, you're not doing the other thing. So like during ski season, how do we like stay in shape for like bike season or vice versa? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think like one of the biggest things is that if you're still doing these activities, like if you're biking all summer, it does help prepare you for ski season. Like, you know, it helps with endurance. It helps with muscle endurance too. And it helps with leg strength. It's not, but it's not everything. And so if you're supplementing whatever sport you're doing with some sort of strength training that is just 
specific to all the sports that you do or like if you're biking in the summer if you just supplement with strength training that is a little bit more specific to skiing and then kind of like switch that approach in the winter um that's probably my like that's probably the most helpful way to do it um but yeah just don't don't stop and obviously it's like important to take rest days and it's important to let your body recover after a hard season like whether it's summer or winter you have to take time you know you're probably going to have some nagging injuries at the end of the ski season and like definitely take time to care for those things but it doesn't mean you necessarily have to stop going to the gym like there's different ways to approach all of it and i think that kind of listening to those nagging injuries but then you know staying consistent throughout the season is the best way to have smooth transitions between all the seasons yeah that's huge too because like right now we're coming up on a phase where like you might get injured because you're exhausted from your summer then you start adding on stuff for ski season you don't really let your body heal and then you jump right into skiing and like you almost overwork yourself so that's really i mean that's such a good point that like we do need to make space for just kind of getting our bodies back to baseline, kind of clearing out the stuff that we had and just, yeah, that's really, that's a really good point. Yeah. Um, okay. So all of this being said today, I was like, dang, I really want to coach because I don't know how to do it. I don't know how to like, always That's why so few people want to do this, but that is important. You need to listen to your gut. And like, so what I'm trying to get at is like, you can apply this thinking to your career, to relationships, to like trying a whole different hobby. And I think it's so rad. And I love that like outdoor things teach us skills that apply to other parts of our life. And I think really build a belief in yourself because, you know, even if your doubt might be stronger than the doubt that I was feeling in the airport, you know? And if you have enough people telling you, like sort of providing counter evidence to that doubt, like eventually you start to believe it yourself. And I think I feel really lucky. And I think I work hard to try to intentionally surround my people, myself with people who are really positive and supportive and, and believe in me and believe in themselves. And, and I think, but that all fuels more of that positive, positive feelings and belief. Right. And I do think there is something important to say, like you also need people that are going to call your bullshit if if you're not ready to do stuff like this. Like you did a lot of planning, a lot of training behind the scenes. I mean, like hours of training, you set yourself up for this. You also need people that are going to keep you accountable and are going to say, you're putting yourself in a situation I don't think is the best. I don't know if you have thoughts about that. Like when do you, how do you balance like the negative feedback with the positive, you know? Yeah, I think I think that part of it is um, surrounding yourself with people that you really trust and whose opinions you really value to sort of give you honest feedback and know when you maybe haven't thought about something and it's like going to be unsafe. You haven't, you know, considered a new angle or a perspective that you should. And so I think um, the balance and the trust in the people to both be supportive and believe in you and also be realistic is really essential because otherwise you could set yourself up for failure or, you know, risk that you don't need to be in. 
Yeah. And like failure isn't a bad thing either. I think it teaches a lot of lessons, but like when things are high consequence, I think that's when you need to start thinking about it. And like running is a risky sport in the sense that like a lot of runners get injured. The injury risk is really high, but like the consequence is pretty low, like all things considered versus like mountain climbing. You don't always get injured that often, but the consequence is really high. So just maybe take some time. And I did not come up with that. I heard Alex Honnell say that I want to make that very clear, but like it really stuck with me because just start to tease out what are these risks? What's important to you? What's objective? What's subjective? And then go from there. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think you can, the more you're aware of them, the, um, the planner in me is like, well, I can plan for them if I'm aware of them. And so when I was in high school and college, I had stress fractures and like my femur and my hips and from running too much. And as an adult, I've been able to say, okay, I, I like, I'm really careful about how much I ramp up my training. I'm thoughtful about doing other things besides just running. And so I think the awareness around the risks helps you make sure that you can continue to do what you love to do or try something new or, you know, um, while also being safe. Oh my gosh. I love that. I also suffered from a stress fracture. That was like a really big mental impact, I think more than physical. And it's something I still struggle with, with running. How do you balance proper training with all the other stuff with being a human? You know, it's hard. Yeah, It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. I totally hear that. And I also think something to keep in mind with a lot of these trips, whether you're doing it solo or with friends is bikepacking.com is a catfish. Okay. Like do not believe everything you see on trails.com or all trails, whatever, you know, like you need to do a little more research, dig into the Reddit, maybe look at stuff on Instagram, read some trip reports, check out Strava, like definitely source your information from more than just one place because I mean, a girlfriend, like a group of girlfriends and I did the Sky Islands Odyssey Loop a few years back, and it's rated as like only a five out of 10 or maybe even a four out of 10. It was not. It was not a four out of 10. There was a day that was for sure like an 8.5. 10 out of 10. Um, (laughs) Yeah, really, really challenged us. Um, But also there's nothing more incredible than reaching your comfort edge with your girlfriends. Um, I found so much value out of that. Like some of these girls, we've seen each other at our lowest points, physically, emotionally, mentally on our bikes. And knowing that you're with your girlfriends makes it so much better. Someone just hands you a little snack or they're just there to sit with you. They lay on the ground with you and then you guys push your bikes up. It's so, so valuable. Um, But yeah, definitely being careful with bikepacking.com. Oh my God. I could not co-sign everything you just said more. First off, girlfriends make everything better. Close girlfriends, like it really just adds the spice and the fun that sometimes these really intense adventures need. Like sometimes we just need to be silly and like offload the stress in that way. And I think that's not taken seriously in outdoor settings all the time because it's like, you gotta be on, you gotta be performing, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, you can just be like, this is super hard. Let's pause, live that, feel it, keep moving, be silly. I just like could not agree with that more. I love all girls trips. That's what this podcast is all about. That's We're trying to bottle yeah. up that vibe. <laughs> Perfect. And I couldn't recommend more for folks. If you have a tough climb, just play Man, I Feel Like a Woman by Shania Twain over your radio and it gets you through anything. I love that so much. I also really need to get on your team of bikepacking.com is it gaslights the shit out of you if you're not careful. I love this. So sweet. 
Hey Caroline, when you're watching this back, I just wanted to say thank you. And I really appreciate you and it's been so fun getting to know you this year. And I'm so excited to continue working with you in 2024. That's what I'm super excited for. And yeah, and I'm sending you a hug from Colorado and I can't wait to see you in December. Well, it's December now, but in like a week. Crazy. Anyway, just had to say that so you see this later.